couple of months ago, my parish hosted one of our deanery confirmation masses with six parishes in attendance. As the DRE and confirmation coordinator for my parish, I was put in charge of many of the details surrounding the mass. And as much as I love the liturgy, I am decidedly not a detail guy. I'll tell you what happened coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, the show that's all about spiritual direction. I'm Patrick Conley, and let's face it, we all need some help and support each day in our quest to follow Christ, and that's why we do what we do here on The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us. So I was the point person for the confirmation mass our parish was hosting back in November. That meant that I had to be thinking of things like communicating with the other DREs and pastors from the other parishes about logistics, creating a seating chart for the confirmandi and their sponsors, sign-in sheets, greeters, music, cantors, lectors, a liturgy guide, and even a pre-mass rehearsal for those being confirmed. Not being a detail guy, when I'm handed a list of details like this that are my responsibility, well, here's what happened. It's like a little engine started up in my brain, and the many details started circling around, coming to mind in succession. As the date of the Mass drew nearer, that engine picked up speed. One, deal, one detail would pop to mind, and before I could really even think it through, another one would jump in and push it aside. Even though I made a to-do list and tried to get an early start on things, changes and adjustments would pop up and alter my plan. What did all this mean for me? Interiorly, well, it meant frequently waking up in the middle of the night, the engine whirring away, and sometimes getting up to write something down or send an email in an often vain attempt to quiet the engine enough to get back to sleep. It meant I had the sense of a weight pressing down on me. It meant that serenity in my soul was often hard to come by. In a word, it meant that I was anxious. Now, I'm guessing you've had similar experiences, even if you're much more of a detail person than I am. I mean, my wife excels at details, but when the pressures of work mount up high, she too experiences a lack of peace and some rather sleepless nights. And for both of us in these types of situations, we earnestly try to talk to the Lord about it, turning it over to Him. Well, still, our trust seems to come up lacking. We, like St. Martha, are anxious and worried about many things. Well, today on the program, we're talking about anxiety. Whatever causes you anxiety, and to whatever degree you struggle with it, we're going to explore what anxiety is and how we might deal well with it to become more like Martha's sister, Mary, who chooses the better part. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father Alan Hoffa. Father Hoffa is the pastor of Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Reading, Pennsylvania. Father Hoffa, welcome back to The Inner Life. Good to be with you. Patrick, thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be with you also. Yeah, wonderful. Well, let's let's narrow it down here, or my, I guess uh, narrow the field of focus anyway. When we're talking about anxiety, Father, what, what are we talking about? What is anxiety? Well, you know, the reality is is that there is a real spectrum. Uh, there are so many different ways in which anxiety and anxiety disorders uh, affect people. And so it could be from on the small end where we just get a little uh, 
a, a little tensed. Um, you are describing a great situation of there's something that's bigger outside of our norm or something that's a little different that causes us to just have this trepidation or this worry about something all the way to the point of there are people, God bless them, who struggle and are so crippled by anxiety and, and anxiety disorders. And there's a range in between. And so one of the big things is, is we're talking about this this feeling inside of us that affects us on every every plane, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and the list goes on. That alters our ability to be able to uh, to be able to connect with people, to be able to fulfill tasks, etc. And it's important for us not only to acknowledge it, but to address it proactively in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, acknowledging and addressing, and of course we want to get into that. But what are some of the big sources of anxiety that you've seen in your in your role as a pastor, as a priest, um, overseeing the spiritual lives of these people, trying to shepherd them through these times of anxiety? What are some of the sources of anxiety that you see is most common? Well, I'm going to start at the, the top, and I'm going to start with the evil one, because okay. he prays. He loves to pray upon our areas of whether it's weakness or areas of insecurity, uh, the evil one comes and brings that reality to the forefront. And one of the big pieces is is that anxiety is a part of who we are, how we react to these things and, and our response. It's a part of who we are, but it's not completely who we are. And that is one of the areas where it can make a difference between whether it's fully crippling to a person or uh, whether it just becomes, a, a, they acknowledge it. it's only a part of who I am and there is help out there for me to be able to address that. Uh, you know, it could be people have um, struggles uh, when it comes to a spouse being anxious about something that's going on with their spouse uh, or a parent, um, especially I've seen it when they're expecting their first child, anxiousness. Uh, it could be the children, young people. We've seen such a rise in that. Um, I found a really great article uh, online that was written um, by Dr. Colleen Campbell, uh, who is the manager uh, manager of formation programs at the Catholic Apostolate Center. And back in 2020, there's a stat that she pulls up here that an estimated 48 million people experience anxiety disorder, and that is, you know, young, old, and in between. And I think that for every person, it's that there's that thing in their life that sort of just exacerbates this feeling of unrest. And so, Every whether it's a young child, it could be anxiety about uh, their sport or their activity or school. Uh, it could be about sibling things with their siblings. It could be about a trauma. Uh, there are so many different, and that carries on. Though all of those things carry on to what is the norm versus something that may be outside of the norm for adults of every age. Mm-hmm. Does it frequently or almost always? kind of manifest itself around a given situation? Like, I mean, a lot of the things you're talking about say, okay, so situationally speaking, but, or does it sometimes actually crop up and it's not necessarily one pinpoint? Like I, I pinpointed this confirmation mass that I had a lot of details uh, to take care of, but, but there might be, there might be a lot of, there might be a situation in which somebody just kind of experiences this general feeling of anxiety and not necessarily pinpointed toward one situation. Couldn't there? Correct. Absolutely. And that's where we get into those sort of, I would say, the higher levels of anxiety anxiety disorder. Uh, there are people who just feel, for instance, that every day when they walk outside, that the, eye, the eyes of everyone are on them. And so it's not brought up by one situation. It's just a daily experience. And so 
Uh, it could come, or it could come out of nowhere. A person could just start to feel anxious, and they, there's nothing that's changed in their life. Um, but again, we get into this whole piece of it really challenges us more that, yes, all of these things that are going on in our body affect our, our soul, uh, affect our mind, um, affect our ability to be in relationship with God, with ourselves, with others. Uh, but it's we continue to grow more and more in our understanding of how the brain does work. And sometimes it's just as we enter into different seasons of our life, as things are changing inside of us, the anxiety can come out of nowhere. A person can say, well, I've never had anxiety before. And, you know, for 20, the first 25 years of my life, okay, well, things are transitioning and changing, things that you may not even be aware of. And so it's important not to keep that in, but to be able to bring that to the forefront and understand that there are ways to process through that with the help of family and friends. And even, uh, you know, to on a more professional level, your, your priest, you know, a mental health professional, etc. All right. Okay. Very good. And we will return to that too and how we deal with anxiety. A couple more questions, just kind of, um, I guess, dissecting anxiety a little bit more to help us understand it better. Is there a difference between uh, having anxiety and being stressed, or are they maybe overlap some, or are they identical? There is a difference um, because I think that stress, while it can have an end result in a a debilitating effect, uh, stress usually does not is not as identified as much as with debilitation as much as anxiety is uh, because you know we everybody has stress and it, uh, a lot of times it's you find the ways to deal with it or it's just there and you know that it's but what could manifest from that is then anxiety um, because anxiety is more crippling uh, you know for most people for some people they found ways to still you know, function at a high level um, with their anxiety, which is which is wonderful. But usually, at that first onset of a person says, "I'm stressed." Okay, well, I'm I'm stressed, and you know, maybe my heart's beating a little bit more, or um, you know, I just I have a lot on my mind. But that anxiety piece is more of an overwhelming aspect that a, a person, um, you know, it starts to affect multiple levels of of their personhood. Um, again, not only the physical, not only the mental, but it could, you know, pour into the, the spiritual. It could it pours in deathly into the emotional. Um, so I would say that, yes, there is a, a difference between the two, especially on the effect of the person and, and their ability to function on a day-to-day basis or in the moment. Okay. All right. Well, we're getting down to brass tacks here on anxiety, which is our our topic for the show today, do you consider yourself an anxious person? How do you deal with anxiety? Have you turned to the Lord and seen some good spiritual fruit born? And what have you done if you have that? Or if you maybe have a question about uh, some anxiety that you're facing right now and how to proceed, how to make uh, some good spiritual inroads in dealing with that anxiety, give us a call. We'd love to have you on the air. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. That phone number is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, it's 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I think one of the things that pops to mind, because this seems to be a pretty common struggle, are we built this way? I mean, I'm just looking at, for instance, I'm looking at our Lord who faced a lot of traumatic situations throughout his public ministry, and not least of which, of course, uh, in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and and during his trial, um, during his own passion, you know, that sort of thing. So is there, I mean, is anxiety something that's just a naturally occurring human phenomenon? I think it is. I think, you know, one of the things that we see, 
And when we can look back at points, for instance, as you brought up in Scripture, in the life of our Lord and the life of people around him, anxiety has been around, uh, you know, since, for, for humanity since the beginning of humanity. I think that the difference is, is that there are are effects around us that can sometimes heighten, um, and we've seen that especially as society uh, has uh, has grown. Like for instance, today, two thousand years later, something that Jesus did not have to contend with was the internet and social media. Sure. Um, and while I'm I'm a huge internet guy uh, and you know technology, social media, and I think that there's a lot of good that can be brought about from it. I also think that it's in it's important to understand that there are also things that can add. Uh, you know, to that. So I think, you know, the, the what's going on in society, what's going on around us, but again, 2,000 years ago, there's Jesus, and it's our, our bodies are meant to only handle so much. And when uh, we get overwhelmed, then this feeling of anxiousness, especially if, you know, we talk about trauma and triggers uh, you know, in, in the work that I do, uh, you know, pastoral counseling or the work I do in the area of pornography addiction with uh, Integrity Restored, you see these different things that the body can only take so much. And then when you have those experiences, there can be a permanent change that can happen versus just something that happens once and then it's come and gone. Um, so that's where you get into that spectrum of anxiety versus a person, oh, I'm feeling anxious today. Okay. Versus I feel anxious every single day. And there's usually some point to go back to. And I think the other part of it, you know, as you bring up our Lord, um, I always love going to when we talk about our Lord at the, uh, you know, through the movie, The Passion of the Christ, when we look at our Lord on the way of the cross and also uh, the scourging at the pillar, and we see uh, him look to his mother and to gain strength in those moments. And I think that that is also one of the things that I'm so glad we're talking about this here today, Patrick, from a spiritual perspective, but there's so many aspects to look at the issue of anxiety because it's one of those things where stigma is attached uh, and it, there, we don't want there to be. And it's one of those things where going outside of yourself and seeking help on multiple levels, on a spiritual level, you know, again, on a professional level, uh, medical level is so important because that's one of the biggest problems where that breakdown happens is if I keep trying to handle all of this myself, if I keep it inside, then again, the body can only handle so much. The mind yeah. can only handle so much. The heart can only handle so much. And then it becomes a negative that impacts us negatively in our daily living. Yeah, excellent point with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. We're talking today about struggling with anxiety. If you consider yourself an anxious person, perhaps you've dealt with anxiety in the past and you've uh, seen some real spiritual growth with that, or if you have questions about how to deal with a specific situation that's causing you some anxiety, well, give us a call. We'd love to get you on the air at 888 Father, how about, we talked about um, anxiety and stress. Uh, what about anxiety and depression? Oftentimes we hear those two terms together. How would you clarify each of those for us? Well, I think, you know, when we look at depression, we're talking about this disposition of the mind um, and, again, chemicals uh, in the mind. Um, where we are today, thank God, we've made so many leaps and bounds in our understanding of mental health. Uh, the brain is an organ just like the heart, you know, and the rest of the organs within the body. Uh, but we're, you know, we're catching up in our understanding of the brain. And, and depression is definitely one of those things that we're gaining more and more insight to and how the brain works in connection. But then what you have is, you know, when you have that, that sort of base point of how a person um, views themselves, feels about themselves, then there can be this next level 
of the impact of the outside world on that, and it can co- sort of cause the, this this engine inside of our brain uh, to to rev up in such a way of you know how we are perceiving that outside world, how we perceive ourselves, and it's uh, it's an added level um, of of just all the disruption that can be caused in our mind, in our heart, in our lives. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of people. Again, there's one of what we talk about the spectrum um, of anxiety. It's also the spectrum of depression. Uh, sure. You know, people focusing or, or struggling with all different levels of depression. You know, from you know a minor reality or a seasonal depression to you know every single day to those who are in need of medication um, to be helped to, to help them. Um, just some days, just to even function because their depression is so so severe. And then you tack on. Um, anxiety with that, then it becomes, you know, there, there's there's some there's crossover in the the, the ways in which um, whether you look looking at the DSM that anxiety and depression manifest themselves, um, but then there are also some distinguishable pieces, and you know, a lot of times with depression, it's that that feeling of, of feeling low, of feeling down. Um, and the anxiety, there's, again, this sort of, I, I, the best way I can always describe it is just this engine that's constantly churning and revving up. And like you said, you know, with that example of, you know, things waking up in the middle of the night and stuff like that, while depression can also alter sleep and things, there is a little bit of, of connectedness to uh, situational things, uh, situational reality. Um, you know, how you're viewing the outside world. And, and again, there is also crossover with depression of how you view yourself, et cetera. But um, I would say that they're, they, they are finding more and more connections of how people are, are dealing with, are, are, are experiencing, experiencing it. And it just is, is a crippling thing when both are stacked on top of one another. Off to a great start already with our conversation about struggling with anxiety and what that's all about. If you're facing anxiety and you have questions about how you might deal with it well, uh, maybe you have a friend or loved one who is really wrestling with anxiety as well and you'd like to pass on some good words of counsel or good uh, just presence, being present to that person. We're going to get into how we deal well with anxiety a little bit more poignantly with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. If you'd like to give us a call and uh, be part of that conversation, we'd love to have you. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back with more of the program right after this short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. If you haven't checked out Father Rocky's latest video on the Eucharistic Encounter uh, 
Well, on that, uh, he's got he's got so many videos that are going on. They're all just uh, fascinating stories about the Eucharist to help inspire you and draw you into a deeper devotion to our Lord present to us in the Blessed Sacrament. Check it out, Why We Should Be Quiet in Church, and that's uh, RelevantRadio.com slash Encounter to check that out. You can also find there some travel packages to the upcoming Eucharistic Congress, once-in-a-lifetime event. Hope you can join us there and on in July in Indianapolis. Check out travel packages at RelevantRadio.com slash Encounter. Talking about struggling with anxiety today with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. And our number, if you'd like to get in on the conversation, is 888-914-9149. To the phones we go. We've got Elizabeth who's calling in from New Jersey. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Thanks for calling in. Good afternoon. Um, My question is actually, how do you deal with a workplace or someone in your workplace where they believe anxiety is a trend. Anxiety doesn't really exist. I'm a teacher, and I have a coworker that I work with. She's actually my supervisor. Um, she thinks it's all made up, and she won't change her mind no matter what the kids go through, no matter what anybody goes through. I mean, I suffer with anxiety, and I've suffered with it for about 10 years, and there's actually nothing you can say to her that actually makes any sense and she gets away with it. I mean, she's even told the kids to get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really it's extremely unhealthy uh, to be able to do, especially in schools, because it's a place where um, our young people are, are feeling so, so much of this uh, on a daily basis and, and it's growing. And w- would you say in the school where you are, is there a, a healthy approach um, through the guidance or counseling office? There is. Um, and I have spoken to some of the counselors. Um, of course, it's my job, so I can't get into a place where I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> but sure. I see it. The kids trust me. The kids come up to me. They complain about it. Um, and there's just no, I find no special way to even let administration know that this is going on. Um, because she will deny it. She will deny it. And I, and I, think that, I think one of the most powerful things right there, though, is you know the fact that there is a safe outlet for the kids. Um, if your guidance in a school like that, if your if your guidance department is strong, if the counseling, you know, if there's people there and they're acknowledging this, you know, reality for young people, um, it, there's going to be enough. If this person continues to perpetuate this, it's going to come back because the, they're going to continue to see the kids affected by an adult's uh, response in, in, in this way that's not helpful, uh, in a response that's promoting, you know, stigma, uh, for instance. And you, there's good, it's over time. The one thing is, is just the encouragement of, for the kids, is for them to be able to see, or for the adults for that matter, to be able to see the healthy outlets that there are. It would be a different situation if there were no healthy outlets, if there wasn't an established guidance department or something like that. Uh, but the fact that that is established, it's to continue to guide the kids in that. People, l- listen, here's the reality, and the kids are going to face this when they go out in the world. People have opinions. And yes, you would hope that in a professional setting like that where there are you know, teachers that they would be properly informed through training and that they would buy into the realities of what's facing young people today. But uh, if they're not, there are, it, it's about channeling them towards the good things and being able to block out what another person's opinion is while still being able to embrace the help that's available for them out there. 
Elizabeth, in addition to the the counselor's office that you were talking about, are there other community members, uh, parents, association, um, anything like I that? Actually do, what I actually do is I do send them to speak to their counselors. But as far as myself, I've had to deal with it, too. Sure. And it's um, so overwhelming. I mean, it really is overwhelming to have someone come into your class recommending your kids because she's a supervisor. And it's for stupid stuff and then when they react to it she's she's like oh they must have some mental illness or something going on like Mm -hmm. making comments that are inappropriate and to me i i try to let it go i try to just say it's not that you know um they were doing something else or you know you can never tell what someone's doing in a classroom when you're the teacher and you're just walking in by the minute you know for Mm -hmm. a minute um, so from, it's bothersome to me because I know I suffer with it. So, um, I do guide the kids to go to their counselors. I do tell them to speak to their parents. I think it's something that has to be heard from them, not from me. So, um, I advise them the best that I can. And I tell them, you know, you're, you're a good kid. You're going through whatever you're going through and it's nobody's business. You know, you're dealing with what you need to deal with as long as you're, you're, you know, you're seeking the people that you're supposed to see. Mm-hmm. That's all I can do. Then that's, that's very right. You know, the, again, we, we live in a world where it, we would love for it to be perfect and we would love for people to do what they should. And yet we know that that is, is not the case. And so the, as long as we stay focused on those things that we can do that are positive, um, we're going to continue to experience the fallenness of the world. And that's very evident in this situation. So continue to remain vigilant and continue to afford those the, the young people and also yourself and, and your colleagues uh, the resources that are out there. Um, because, again, we live in a world people will continue to put out opinions. But when we can guide people to truth and help, that becomes the, the primary place where our energy and effort can go towards instead of letting ourselves be consumed with someone else's opinion or something that could be detrimental to our, our future help. Elizabeth, wow, thank you for calling in, and I'm sorry for your situation. And don't forget to uh, get people praying for and with you as well in the midst of all this. And uh, we're grateful that you are taking the time to listen to and to call into the inner life today. But don't forget, you can call into the Chaplet of Divine Mercy with Drew at 3 p.m. Central. You can also call into the Family Rosary Across America here on Relevant Radio with Father Rocky and and Maggie at 7 p.m. Central. So please make that part of your part of your. Uh, Ah, part of your ongoing struggle in this situation. Thank you for the call, Elizabeth. Let's go now to uh, Alicia, who's calling in from Tracy, California. Alicia, good morning. Thanks for calling in The Inner Life. Yes, good morning. I'm, um, I'm calling uh, on behalf of my, my son. He disclosed to us yesterday that he's um, suffering depression and he hears voices. And he said he's going to, uh, it has been like that for a while. And uh, um, he he's going to school. And um, he um, didn't pass two classes. He attended, but he's saying that when he's there, voices are telling him that he's not good enough. He doesn't deserve to be in that prestigious school he's at. And uh, he doesn't let us know how he feels because 
he's old enough, 22, to do his things on his own, but he's not doing it. He, this Christmas break, he was just in bed and nothing motivated him, but there were days that he was active and he wanted to do things with us and but it's, I just need to find a way to help him. So one of the one of the first things, praise God, that whatever it was that led him to that moment to disclose to you yesterday that it happened, um, because that's the, that's the first thing we want to affirm positive steps. Uh, and the fact that he took that positive step to disclose to you um, is really, really important. And now, as I always say to people, one of the big things when we're whether it is depression or it's anxiety when we, we sometimes the first thing that comes to our mind is that we need to solve this all on our own. And that's not the truth. The truth is, is that we need to make that first step of self-advocacy to just tell someone or to, you know, make that cry for help um, as we notice this thing growing in our lives. And from there, we open up a world of possibility uh, with the support that comes from family and friends and people of goodwill. So you brought up the connection with school make sure to, to get in touch with the school counseling office. They may have the resources available to be able to address this directly and to be able to get him the help that he needs, or they may be only able to do partial you know, things. And so then you may need to reach out to someone uh, who's in the, the clinical field um, to be able to help him, a child psychologist, uh, to be able to help him in that regard. Um, to be able to process those things that are going, because there's a lot of new, but, you know, it's the first thing of, of pray God uh, or thanks God for the the ability of that he had in that moment to disclose. And I would say one of the big things, and I planned on bringing this up with Patrick as we moved along uh, with the anxiety discussion, one of the things that can be very um, important in, in, because again, a lot of times when situations of depression or anxiety uh, rev up, people often find themselves alone. And yet we know that we're never alone because God is there. And one of the great gifts that there can be is a person coming to a conviction in the beginnings of this, of this, their understanding of their reality is how does God see me? Because if we can get solidified in our mind of how God sees us, especially, you know, of course, always in a good way, that can be very helpful when a person finds them alone because they can remind themselves of the fact that they're not alone and the one who they're not alone with is the Lord and the Lord loves them and they're a beloved son or a daughter of the father and, you know, all of those things that go with it. So I think that that is a very important aspect, um, especially as we're talking about the inner life, uh, to make sure that that is something that can be continually affirmed um, to him of how God sees him and uh, you know, then again, how family and friends see him. But I would say the, the first and foremost thing is thanks be to God that he had that moment where he disclosed that. And now he's opened the door and it's just important to follow up on that with all of the resources that are out there to be able to assist him. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm hearing from you, Father, in Alicia's uh, situation is that, yes, I can. And Alicia, I hear it in your voice. I hear that you aren't so desperately want to help him. And but uh, but don't seek to do it alone. That's what I'm hearing from you, Father. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, I, I have been in my work, I've been almost 15 years a priest and have had a lot in working with young people in schools and, and youth ministry, et cetera. And that I have never been so convinced of that saying that it takes a village to raise a child. 
Um, you know, and so sometimes we get that false narrative from the world that, you know, a, a parent is either a good parent or a bad parent if they, if they can or cannot do it on their own to raise their child and provide everything for them. And it's just not the case because unless you are, you have an MD, you know, uh, you're, you know, you have uh, all of the, you know, qualifications, you have doctorates in, in education, you have, you know, knowledge in this, now you're a child psychologist. Uh, it, unless you have all of those degrees, um, it's good. And even so, it's your own child is going to be very, very hard. Uh, it does take a village to raise a child. And so it's getting all of those proper pieces. And again, it's also, you know, a beautiful moment to involve uh, your priest, uh, to be able to bring him on in on a spiritual level, uh, to be able to make sure that he's attentive to that. Uh, then there might be things that are offered in the parish uh, or even just the connectedness to a youth ministry in the parish, etc. Uh, those can all be affirming things um, for your child. But uh, it is, it's not something that, you know, anyone should expect you to do alone. Do not expect yourself to do it alone. Um, the best thing that you can do is bring people into that, that sort of uh, circle of care uh, for your child. And that will, you will see just like he did, he opened himself up to that by disclosing to you, your ability to do that as well is it's, you're not going to be alone on an island trying to help. It's going to be the, the village coming together to be able to help your child, which is a blessing. Amen. Let it be so. Alicia, thank you so much for the phone call. You're in our prayers. And again, feel, please feel free to take care, take advantage of your relevant radio family who is always ready to pray for you as well. Chaplet of Divine Mercy with Drew at 3 p.m. Central and Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie at 7 p.m. Central as well. Let's go now to Margarita calling in from Florida. Margarita, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I called in because I really need a lot of help. I I went to confession two days ago, and today I went to a funeral, and all my sins, I saw them at my at the funeral, and I'm having a really hard time um, forgiving myself. I really feel a lot of guilt and shame. I mean, I've felt it for years, and it just won't go away, and my family is very broken, and I don't. I'm not working. I'm lucky that I have my mom. If I wouldn't have my mom, I would be homeless. And I suffer from depression and a lot of anxiety. So. Okay. So one of the one of the things that you just brought up in terms of, and and you're not alone in this this battle, uh, especially when it comes to our sins. Uh, we hear those words as of absolution in the confessional, and yet we walk away, and there's 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 that doubt. Um, and again, as I talked about at the top of this program, um, one of the things that we need to be aware of is the evil one trying to prey upon our our weakness, preying upon our our struggles, and the evil one is going to come in. And you mentioned two words. You said that you feel guilt and you feel shame. And I think I've talked about this uh, with Patrick before, but it, it definitely is important to repeat that there is a difference between guilt and shame. And guilt is a healthy thing to feel because it's feeling a sense of, of remorse um, and regret about what we've done. And it can drive us to making those changes in our lives so that it doesn't happen again. But shame is something that is not healthy. It's not of the Lord, and it is a tool of the evil one, because shame starts to distort who we are. 
and it can change our understanding of who we are as sons and daughters of a father who loves us. Uh, it can change our our understanding of how Jesus sees us, which when you are struggling with depression and anxiety, it's one of the things that I drive people to constantly is to have that deeper reflection on how does how does Jesus see you? And what he sees in us is, first of all, that we're good, that we're made good, and that we have so much potential for good. And yet at the same time, he also sees that we have weaknesses and there are different struggles that plague us. Uh, some that we are able to address in the moment um, and fix easily, and others that take a lot of hard work and that take more time to be able to fix. And so those are the things that we need that are important to affirm inside of each and every one of us. How does the Lord see me and let my guilt be something that pushes me towards uh, change and towards a newness of life? But when you feel those those feelings, um, and again, shame connected with depression, anxiety, is can seem like such a heavy burden. We hear about our Lord used that uh, expression of a millstone. We, it feels like we have a millstone around our neck at times um, because it just feels like so much weight. But one of the things that is I feel is important, again, it comes with the inner life, our spiritual life, is to allow the Lord to speak to us and to speak to us directly, to speak to us through others. Um, you spoke about how what a great gift your, your mother has been um, to you. Uh, sometimes when we don't have the ability to pull from the Lord and to hear the Lord's voice about who we are and how he sees us, we need to let other people remind us of how the Lord sees us and of, of who we are. And so we go to those people that care about us, those people that we can trust, and we allow them to share with us that, that important reality um, about who we are and not let that who we are be distorted by the evil one or just by the struggles that we have, like depression and anxiety. So, um, you know, God, thanks be to God for the presence of your mom in your life. Uh, let her be uh, that, that gift to you that she's, she has been already, but a continual gift. And don't be, don't be ashamed or, or don't be fearful um, of going to her and just saying, you know, mom, how, how do you see me? And, you know, a mother's love is such a beautiful gift because I know she'll pour into your life um, the truth about what she sees and also about what God sees and how he sees you and let that build you up so that it, it is truth that you can push back in the face of when the evil one wants to use shame or when your anxiety or your depression is seeming to overwhelm you. It's something to counter, and there are people of goodwill in your life, I'm sure even outside of your mom, who are able to help you in that. Hmm. Margarita, know of our prayers for you as well. Know that uh, even right now, I know there are many listeners uh, who are praying for you in your situation. You are definitely not alone in this, and uh, Father has given some great thoughts, and I too would add my uh, just thanks be to God that your mom has been so, so supportive. And uh, yeah, know you're not alone. Know that the Lord is present with you, and that will be our prayer for you, that you can know that yeah, mind, body, and soul in, in, the, in the moments even to come. We are talking about struggling with anxiety here on the program today. Some great calls, some great callers, and it's a real thing, obviously, in people's lives. If it's a real thing in your life right now and you'd like some advice, give us a call at 888-914-9149, 914 to talk with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. We'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this short break. Stay with us.
Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, producer, and Thomas Engus for taking your phone calls today. The March for Life has, well, the rally is going on right now. If they're sticking to the schedule that I see online anyway, the March for Life is, uh, yep, going, the rally is going on right now, and the life, the march itself will actually kick off here just in a few minutes. And uh, you can be stand in solidarity with the marchers and standing up for life from conception to natural death here in in the in our country and make a difference in that way. You can join us for fasting for life. Some really inventive ways that uh, people have said we've had participants from all fifty states and around the world, including from places like the Bahamas, Nigeria. Uh, England, Ireland, Brazil, Australia, and it's uh, it's amazing to hear how people are choosing to fast today. Uh, Mary from Manchester, England, small breakfast and cutting out snacking today. Jackie from Saskatchewan, Canada, tea and bread and lots of prayers. Well, thank you for that, Jackie. Appreciate it. Um, wonderful ways in which you can still sign up to be part of the March for Life and supporting them by, by fasting for life. Relevantradio.com slash fast is, again, the website you want to go to. Tell us how you're going to be fasting today. Uh, and again, be sure to share it. Hashtag Fast for Life on social media. Again, the the website to tell us how you're going to be fasting is relevantradio.com slash fast. Well, Father, one of the things that came up in Margarita's call, she, I mean, that oftentimes anxiety, um, well, sometimes at least, anxiety can kind of revolve around some of our spiritual practices as well. Um, going to confession and not uh, either feeling forgiven or not not uh, being able to forgive oneself, uh, like Margarita brought up. There's other things that uh, we might see. Any any particular insights into how our spiritual lives can either be um, a help or a hindrance to dealing with anxiety? I think definitely a a help. Um, I think one of the things is when we think about prayer. Um, and we find ourselves getting anxious if our prayer life has been good. It can sometimes be an invitation for us to change our prayer life, um, to expand our prayer life. Uh, things like, um, you know, journaling. Uh, things like if you know our, our prayer life may involve music. Uh, you know, to to change it and to use that as a way to calm us. Um, sort of that that place of refuge, um, that place of truth. Uh, sometimes the other thing too is is when we come to that understanding that we need to do, uh, you know, there are things that can help us in the spiritual life, it draws us to find community um, so that we can be around people again who, if we're, if we're in a prayer group, for instance, and our spiritual life isn't just something that's, you know, completely secluded to us, but that we're finding support in others, again, it can help us um, to be able to have that touch point with the reality of who we are and the reality around us. Um, so I think that, you know, when you look at uh, the the prayer life, it, it is, is important. Um, and a lot of times, if you're experiencing that anxiety, it is an opportunity to expand the prayer life um, in, in different ways. So again, like I said, the, you know, that, that journaling, that, you know, time of reflection, making sure it could even be just the reality of where you um, are, where you find it easy to pray, or again, with whom 
and have, building that community around you to be able to help you in the, with your spiritual life amidst your challenges with anxiety. It's an important reminder, too, Father. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate that and know that prayer can be extraordinarily, well, just vital, vitally important. And like I said, I mean, uh, when I was facing this anxious situation in my own life, there was a lot of prayer involved in that. And I do believe the Lord answered, even though my anxiety didn't completely disappear. I can only imagine it'd be much worse without him in that. So and mm. grateful for that. Yeah. Let's one go back of, to the, one of the things, Oh, sorry, go ahead. One of the, if I could just get one more thing in there. One of the things that is also good is, you know, whether we're going to adoration or into the church to pray, is yeah. to be able to use the physical reality of the threshold of the door to leave all of the things that are anxious or making us anxious outside and to use that threshold as a place to just come in and to be in the Lord's presence, to rest in the Lord, to almost give ourselves a break from all of those things that are making us anxious so that he can strengthen us to then be able to face those things together as we go back out into the world or back through that doorway into the things that we face in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent idea. And uh, yeah, you know what, maybe we should have like uh, little coat hooks or something outside and we can just uh, take off an imaginary coat that it's all of our anxieties, our worries. Or, I love or, it. You know, I love just it. kind of just yep. hang it up on a coat hook outside the door. Well, um, wonderful. Let's go back to the phones now. Tony is calling in from California. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you. I wanted to share uh, uh, the, the caller from Tracy reminded me that in college I, I had uh, anxiety, depression. And uh, what helped me on a retreat, um, I, I heard a song. God spoke to me through uh, Garth Brooks' song, The River. And then the other mm-hmm. thing that helped me was um, the, my, the priest, Father Peter, recommended counseling. And then the counseling recommended group therapy. And in that group therapy, hearing people's struggles and sharing my struggles, that brought healing to my life. So I wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful testament. Um, to the help that is out there. And again, just I think that's one of the things we can look at the struggles of depression, anxiety, uh, that there may, we get into that focus, there's only one way. And if we've tried it, then, and it didn't work, then nothing's going to help us. But that's actually not true. Um, it, we experience the, the struggle. There are multiple things that can help it. We just need to continue to try and try again. And hearing from one another, the things that have helped can be very, very powerful and encouraging. Yeah, yeah, very good. I appreciate the call, Tony, and a great reminder um, for wonderful. Yeah, sometimes the, it's just a wonderful thing that uh, we can turn to these things, and we always see we see these help the help as we've said already in the program, the help coming through in others, and uh, how God can provide, and we have that frequently come up as uh, as a way that God provides here on the inner life. Uh, Father, we also had an email come in I wanted to highlight. Um, Ricardo writes in, and he says, The priest at our church has emphasized that among the traits of someone who has had an encounter with Jesus is that the person is in peace and has the capability of confronting life's challenges while maintaining joy. And then he asks, how does that mean that those of us with general anxiety have, or does it mean, uh, perhaps, that, that those of us with general anxiety have not met Jesus? No, I would not say that at all. I think that it's an invitation to continue to grow deeper in a relationship with Jesus, because what you, if you are struggling with general anxiety, you know, look at it from the opposite perspective. Without your relationship with the Jesus that you have now, it could be so much worse. And so, you know, what you have now, because of your relationship with Jesus and facing your anxiety, is uh, uh, Jesus has helped. 
now it's an invitation to go deeper in the spiritual life and in relationship with Christ so that as you take those steps forward, you're finding yourself even being able to have a handle more and more on your anxiety because as you've deepened the relationship with Christ, you've gained those skills, those t- tools, and those abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good thought too, here, Father, and, and I'm grateful for that. We'll come back to that in a moment. I just want to highlight this email that also just came in from Mayra, who's right, she's calling in, or Myra, Mayra, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, but uh, she is calling in specifically for Alicia. So if Alicia, if you are still listening, um, she is a Catholic therapist who lives in Tracy, California, where you called in from, and you can find her on catholictherapist.com. I know, God just answering a prayer right here. I knew that people were praying for her right there. Um, So if you or your son would like to call in, um, you can, or like to find her, you can find her at catholictherapist.com. There in Tracy, California. Wow. The Lord just providing in so many ways. Go ahead, Father. That's a great thing because I know in in the work that I do um, with those struggling with pornography addiction and those affected by uh, another's use, um, CatholicTherapist.com is that that's a, a usually our go-to um, because we, we it's always great when you can find a therapist who has the expertise in the mental health area along with the fact that they're Catholic. Um, you know that that's a great starting point. So yeah, CatholicTherapist.com for all, all of the of the listeners um, to be able to when you're looking for you know pray God that there is someone in reasonable distance from where you live to be able to that is on that list. Um, and for those who are out there who are thinking about maybe going into the field of uh, mental health psychology, we need good Catholic therapists. We need more and more of them to be able to bring spirituality with the science together to be able to help those who are in need. Mm-hmm. Father, it's been an amazing program. We have about a minute left here before we ask for your blessing. And so I guess I would just wind up with any uh, any final like tips or advice for anybody who is struggling with anxiety, wherever they are in that spectrum that you laid out, whether it's uh, something that uh, just comes in from time to time or if it's actually in a clinical type of state. Any suggestions about what we might do specifically spiritually to help battle anxiety? You're not alone. And... You're never alone, and don't be convinced that you need to handle this alone. I think that that is one of the biggest pieces. Our spiritual life is all about strengthening our relationship with Christ, and it can also help us in strengthening our relationships with one another. And so one of the the most debilitating parts of facing anxiety is when people get convinced of the fact that they're alone. You're never alone. Christ is always there. And there are beautiful people of, of faith who are willing to uh, go you know, into the deep, um, in the spiritual life, and grow in that relationship with the Lord and teach us how to grow deeper in that relationship with the Lord, which can be so, so powerful and impactful and helpful. So it's never something to be done alone. Um, our spiritual life is about that, those connections, and what a great blessing. Yeah, what a great blessing indeed. And Father, it's been a blessing to have you on the program as well, and we would like you to send us with your blessing, if you would, please. Father in heaven, you are the one who strengthens us, and we ask for the strength to be sent to your sons and daughters who are struggling, especially with anxiety. Help them to take that first step, that step through the door, to answer your invitation to the fact that you love them and that you want to help them through people of goodwill and directly through the beautiful sacred heart of your son Jesus and the immaculate heart of his mother Mary. Continue to affirm that for each and every one of us so that your grace and the movement of the Holy Spirit can help us to address those challenges in our life. 
And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, give you peace, and continue to deepen your life with Christ.